Yeah, I guess we just should get the yeah. intro. Um, we, we are live. We're back. For the third time for in the past yeah. five minutes. But boy, am I excited. Yeah, you're excited. No, I was just talking about how how terrible you feel when you like wake up late for a practice or if you miss practice. Yeah, it's like equivalent to like waking up and you got, you, you start to feel drained in your throat because you're about to get sick. Yeah, so about, yeah, yeah, this is just going to be a terrible day. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. So we can keep talking about that, but for the listener, this might this may feel the same as you're listening, but for me and Caleb, it's a little bit different because uh, there's no cameras. No cameras. It's just me and you in a dark room with a computer and a man who just got done running standing beside us. And for the record, our clothes are on. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Some of us. Yeah. Jasper still got his shirt off from, from doing, doing a little run. No, but yeah, it does feel a little bit different. It feels a little bit more relaxed. I don't, I don't feel like a... There's not a lot of pressure. Yeah, I don't want to say that we have to like perform when the cameras yeah. are on, but there is like a little bit of... I don't even know. I, yeah, I, I know this. I'll start like trying to talk to the camera. Yeah. You know, like, you know. Yeah, like I feel like right now I'm really like talking to you, Caleb. Yeah. Not the camera. <laughs> Which is kind of what a podcast is about. I mean... You want to talk to the audience, but you also want to, you know, it, it's a conversation. Yeah. yeah it is. Um, but yeah, no, I woke up this morning late. Like when I say late, I mean completely missed the practice. Like come, like I woke up and y'all were pretty much almost done with the practice. Yeah. Did you like wake up and like punch your pillow? I woke That's up, what I here's what happened. I... And here's what makes me mad is I don't remember my other alarms. Like I don't, I don't, I do not remember. So here's what happened. I woke up and I looked at my phone and it was said 655. And at first I thought I was tripping. And so I looked again and it still said 655. <laughs> and at that moment in time, I was just like the amount of like anger that comes over your body at that point in time, th- that's gotta be the quickest you'll ever wake up is looking at your clock and seeing that you've completely missed a practice. Because, I mean, like me and Cujo were talking about, you, I mean, you feel like the day's over. Yeah. Like, you feel like everything is just down the drain. Yeah, you feel like you miss, like, the most important part of your day, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, like, it's interesting. It is interesting. Who is calling me? Decline. So yeah, enough about that. We can come back to that later because there's actually a topic that we're going to talk about that we can kind of bring that into. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact of like missing practice and feeling absolutely horrible. Um. Well, now that I think about it, I've only been awake for like barely an hour. Dang, son. It's crazy. <laughs> you got coffee in you yet or no? I don't. Oh, dude, that's like... I don't have anything in... Yeah, I, I guess a... I could make a cup in here, I guess. Yeah, we could steal. We could steal. I'll steal for you. Thanks, Cooge. I, I just want a medium one. Don't do the large. Man, Cujo's such a good guy. Yeah, he's... Man, when he walked through that door, I was like, ah, Cujo. It's funny because right now, he, y'all can't see it, but he's actually got a whole maid's outfit on. <laughs> 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 
Okay. Hey, that's perfect. Okay. Um, let's get into it. Caleb, you brought up something the other day that I thought was really interesting. And by the way, for the listeners, we're going to get into some more serious stuff later on in this podcast. We've had some feedback that we're going to give you guys some real value if we can. Probably not going to be able to, but we're really going to try. Yeah. Um, and we're going to try to make this one shorter. So let's, let's get on with it. Um, Caleb, you brought up something the other day that I thought was really interesting. You said, um, you said, how can you not like Subway? Yeah. You made the sandwich. That's exactly right. I mean, you go on Can you Subway. elaborate? Yeah, I, I can't actually. Uh, you, go to, you go to Subway. People always get on Subway because, you know, it's a sandwich place. And it's like, it's to me, it's mediocre. I don't really go there. But people walk in, they get their sandwich, and they don't like their sandwich. When they ask you what, they, what you want on the sandwich. So it's like, how do you not like your sandwich? You... You literally made it. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me. That'd be like, um, that'd be like going in the kitchen in your own house. Yeah. Uh, making, yeah, making a sandwich. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah. But then, I don't necessarily mind that the sandwich could be terrible. Like, you could make your own sandwich and be terrible, but don't blame someone. You can get mad at someone. It's like, if you get food poisoning, sure. That's when yeah. you're like, all right. That was, yeah. That was a little wrong, subway. But you, you're probably fine. I would agree. I would agree. You know, that's that. I don't know. When you put that on the notes, I read it and I was like, "Wow!" I never, I really never thought about that. Like people do hit on subway, and I guess they're talking about like the quality of the meat or whatever. But how can you tell? It, it just goes somewhere else if you're really worried about it. You know? Yeah. So you can't, you can't hit on something that you order. Yeah, no, I, th- I just thought that was a really interesting point that I wanted to bring up. It kind of grinds my gears. Like, my gears were turning. They're, they're grinding yeah. right now. So, you, so you're not a huge fan of Subway? You said it's mediocre? I just, I don't know. I just never go there. Yeah. Yeah, not the biggest fan. I, re- I do enjoy it, though. I, um, during the summer, I was mowing. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of mowing as, like, a job. And I would go to Subway, like in the middle while I was mowing. Mm. Oh my goodness. That was, it was so good. I feel like it only tastes good like in the summertime, especially after like playing pool. Really? Yeah, I can see myself chowing yeah. down on a sub sandwich. I love Subway, but you know what I don't like? It is those trays from Subway that have like 30 little small sandwiches on them. People take to like parties. Oh yeah, they're like all soggy. Yeah, they're like soggy at the time. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it is weird. It is weird. <clears throat> so you sure you don't want a medium? What? You sure you don't want a medium? Yeah. How big is it? What? Yeah, throw a little bit more in there. Um, another thing. Mm-hmm that you had on these notes, and I was like, huh, that's interesting. You had, you had boiling hot water prank. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I, I feel like we've discussed this before, maybe not on the podcast, but the boiling hot water prank, it, it's, it's basically what it, how, it, it's what it is and how it sounds. So you know the cold water prank? You pour cold water and so on? I'm just saying, Let's pour boiling, boiling hot water. <laughs> There's no way. Let's pour boiling hot water in this one. Okay, I don't, I don't know that you can do that. I mean, same thing is, it's just hot water. 
You you shower hot water, but boiling water. It's only like okay. I understand that it, it's a little hot. It's a little but hot. it's just a prank, you know. <laughs> so it's just a prank. It can pass. My brother's gonna love that statement. My brother loves that statement. Like doing something crazy and being like, "Oh, it's just a prank, bro." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I'm gonna do that to somebody someday. I don't know, it might make him a burn victim. It might not. It's just water. So. That is true. Water never That's true, it is just water. It is. Except for drowned victims and. Just water. Tsunamis. Thank you so much, Cooge. This is a little full. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Let me take a little sip of this. Can I scoop that over? Yeah. There you go, so it don't spill. That's gonna be raging hot, brother. I wouldn't do that. You're gonna burn some. Some boiling hot water prank. The boiling hot, boiling water, hot water prank. prank. <laughs> on, your on your tongue. Um, another thing, Flintstone vitamins. I'm just kind of running through some of these, Caleb. I wanted to know what your thoughts were because I didn't really know what was going through your head. Also, them down. Half these, I need to go over these topics because half of them, I just kind of like. Off the whim was like, oh, that would yeah. be cool to talk about. I don't know why I put down Flintstone vitamins. One thing though is that I always hated the taste of them as a kid. Really? I don't know that I've ever had them. Really? Yeah. I, I feel like that's the reason why I never got COVID, personally. Oh, because you always had the Flintstone vitamins? Yeah. When, I, when I was a kid, I always had Flintstone vitamins. I never got COVID, or at least I never got tested for it. I never tested positive. So um, you think that there was like a residual effect from years as a kid eating yeah. Flintstone vitamins? Like a ripple effect almost? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting uh, conclusion. I would get behind it though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like Flintstone could cure like AIDS or something. Probably. Yeah. Probably. They make fruity pebbles, and I had those as a kid as well. Oh uh, yeah. Hey, that's Flintstone. Yeah. Is that the same brand? Flint. I don't know the same brand. I know it's like a post brand cereal, but that is actually very interesting. It's like the same mascot. Yeah. Flintstone. Huh. Would you ever get a lobotomy? So, I know what a lobotomy is. I just don't know what the practical use was it. I, okay, it's actually funny you say that because I saw a post from Joe Rogan like a week ago or something. Talk, it was like a lobotomy ad in a newspaper from like the 1930s. Yeah. It's really take out your brain, isn't it? Dude, what I would... How, there's so much I would do for that. Just to take out your brain? No, just like, I, I feel like I, I got, you know when people say I got, I got an itch in my brain? Oh, yeah. Well, bottom you would, would probably cure it. Probably cure it. I think it's like taking an ice pick to your head. It's so weird. I just don't know what the practical use is for that. It's supposed to cure like, um, it's supposed to cure like diseases in really? your brain. Yeah. Like mental? Mental, yeah. That is so interesting. I, I just don't know how they come to that conclusion, you know, like 100, 150 years ago. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's like the frontal lobe. They thought the frontal lobe was like the main part of the brain. So they're like, let's scramble that up. Yeah. Get that thing working, even though it didn't, yeah. it didn't really work. But apparently, uh, uh, John F. Kennedy's, I think, sister got a lobotomy. And she came she out. Really? She came out okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah, she. I can't remember why she got a lobotomy, but she was like dealing with stuff, and then she got it, and then she became very docile. Really? That's actually really interesting. Anyone in the comments? Actually, we don't have comments on just audio. 
But yeah, it, DM our Instagram if you've ever had a lobotomy. I'd like to know, you know, what that's like, what the procedure's like, yeah. you know, the experience. Yeah, would the you experience. recommend it? You know, yeah. Tell us would you recommend it. Um, Friends, family, pets. Friends, yeah, pets and enemies. And yeah, enemies. Um. Let's get on to some serious stuff. Time to get serious. I subscribe to a couple of different email newsletters. <clears throat> I say a couple. I only subscribe to Chris Williamson's and Tim Ferriss's, which I really enjoy. I really enjoy um, reading and stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna read one from Chris Williamson, <clears throat> and we can discuss it. Um, apologies. Let me f- find it. Um, okay. Wait, never mind. That's the wrong one. Okay. So this is, I'm going to start reading. This is just an interesting, and this is one of those things like you kind of like know, like in the back of your mind, but it's not until you read something that, and this is something that, you know, isn't brand new, but it's just just something we can talk about. Yeah. It comes to the surface. Yeah. Do people love you? For who you are or what you do. <clears throat> this is uncomfortable to consider. People loving us for who we are feels more genuine, caring, empathetic, and robust. It feels like it's less fickle and more difficult to lose. On the other hand, people loving us for what we do feels transactional and transient. The love we receive becomes contingent on what achievements and successes we can offer in return. And the obvious fear is that if at any point in time, where we no longer had anything to offer in return, would our love be taken away? So here's an even more uncomfortable question. <clears throat> do you love you who for, do you love you for who you are or what you do? This highlights our hypocrisy. You see, we want the world to love us for who we are. A balanced, caring view of our true value, independent of our accomplishments. Meanwhile, meanwhile our own self-love is largely determined by what we do. Our self-esteem is inflated when we succeed and damage when we fail. If we fall short, even though we try our best, we still castigate ourselves for being insufficient, unworthy creatures. So we want the world to show up for us in a way that we are often not prepared to show up for ourselves. You deserve more of this, demanded of yourselves. This is a really cool reading because I feel like, I feel like for an athlete, I feel like this really, you know, hits home as an athlete. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to wait to talk about me waking up late is because it kind of goes along with this. Like, I mean, missing a practice is, is, you know, is undisciplined and wrong. But at the same time, it's very easy to let that, you know, just like wrap up your whole day in, you know, being, you know, feeling like you're just an absolute horrible person. Um, What are your thoughts on that reading? Yeah, I, I, it definitely is something that I had to think about um, a lot last night. Like the, the first one where it was like, uh, do you think people love you for who you are or what you can do? Um, no, yeah, I think it's, I just, when I was reading through this, <clears throat> I thought it was very interesting in how applicable it is to athletes. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about, you know, 
I, I, just, I thought it was interesting how they made the comparison about how you expect people to love you for who you are and not what you do. But oftentimes you cannot do that for yourself. And it's interesting. I, I mean, with athletes, that's, I mean, very prevalent. I would say, especially yeah. with college athletes, because <clears throat> your value, like if you're on scholarship, your value is quite literally tied to your performance. Yeah. And so like, I mean, we're both college athletes and I'm sure a lot of college athletes are listening to this, but it's very difficult to not think that way. You know, I mean, even waking up late, like you can, like there were, you can even have thoughts about, you know, who you are, even if you wake up late to a practice. That's crazy. That is pretty crazy. You You, you tie so much to like who you are just based off performance or, you know, like you're saying, missing something. I, I can understand that completely. Like you almost feel like, oh man, I'm so lazy. Uh, I can't believe I, you know, did this early. You have a bad practice. You're like, oh, I just, I must just suck. This sport might just not be for me or something like yeah. that. You start really saying yes to yourself, even though it's just a mistake or it's just one bad practice. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, how many years have you been training or you've been in the sport? That one day or that one moment where you missed a practice or had a bad one. It's so easy to almost try to just, you get so caught up trying to define yourself in that one moment. Yeah. You know, yeah. look at the bigger picture, it's like, oh, it's just another, it's okay. Just yeah. another practice or another day. But I, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is interesting. Um, <clears throat> I was going to say something, I forgot. But I guess it's good to have, like, it's good to have high expectations. It's good yourself. to have a little bit of that, Yeah, I think. I don't know if it's good to have a little bit of, <clears throat> I think anyone who's ambitious in life is going to have some of that. Yeah. You know? And so there's always going to be, I think managing that is the biggest thing. Right. You know, I think uh, a lot of being a collegiate athlete, a lot of the problems that you deal with isn't, do you deal with them or do you not? It's how do you manage them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think, I think that's a, I think that's a big part. I think that partly relate parlays into, you know, your relationship with God in a way. Yeah. Because there is a lot of people in this world, I think, who do not give themselves to Christ because they are worried that they will not be able to give the, either give the prerequisites to do that or they won't be, you know, or they're not going to live up to that in the moment. Yeah. When in reality, and, and this, I mean, this email was not from a, um, a Christian or whatever. It's not, it's not a, I guess, Christian based email, but you can kind of relay it into your relationship with God because your value, even in Christ is not dependent on your um, performance, performance throughout the day of being a person. You know what I mean? I mean, you're you're called to repent and sin no more. But even like in even in even in Christ, that concept still is there. Of you are not your performances throughout the day. You are, you know. 
Caleb saved by Christ. And you know, that's that's kind of that's kind of the end of that statement. Mm-hmm. And and if that's true, if you are Caleb who's saved by Christ, then your life will start to reflect that. You will you will, you will see the the fruits of that throughout your life. Um, but your value is not tied to that. So it's yeah, I feel like part of it is that people will seek perfectionism, which is like it's a, it's an endless you know it's an endless uh, chase. Yeah, if you seek that, yes, yeah. you're never going to get to that finish line seeking perfectionism because no one's oh, yeah. ever perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I'm actually glad you brought up perfectionism. That's an interesting um, topic. I heard. I think it was actually by this guy that I'm reading the email from, Chris Williamson. He says that perfectionism is procrastination masquerading as quality control. Mm. So, like you ever hear, because I'm this way, I'm 100% this way. People are like, I'm just a perfectionist. Like, if they don't have something done, they're just like, I'm a perfectionist. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be perfect. And it's like, no, you're just not doing the thing. Like, whatever the thing is, you're just not doing it. And this is what this Chris Williamson talks a lot about. Perfectionism masquerading, or perfectionism is procrastination masquerading as quality control. You're procrastinating, but you're telling yourself it's quality control. Mm. Like, oh, I got to make sure this is good quality before I put it out, or before I do this, or before I do this. And it's like, most of the times, you just have to do the thing. You just got to start. Yeah, you just yeah. got to start. And so, which, I mean, ties it all back together. Like, I mean, people who are afraid to start something are, is worried about if they fail, what that failure is going to do to their value. Yeah, and so it comes back value. to, yeah, it comes back to that whole <clears throat> thing. But yeah. Do you have anything else on that topic? That's just something I wanted to hit. I saw that email. <clears throat> that was good. Well, yeah, it's pretty good. What is, Caleb, I'm asking you in particular, and if you need a minute to answer, that's okay. <clears throat> we can cut the silence. Your own mental breakthroughs, whether it's middle school, high school, college, let's just go in order. It, who was Caleb in middle school? Did you have any you know, big breakthroughs mentally? I guess just like, um, not really. I just remember being like very angry in mm-hmm. like middle school. Yeah. Cause like I grew up kind of bullied quite a bit and people yeah. telling me I'm this and that. And deep down I kind of thought like, well, I'm, I don't think I'm that. So I grew, I grew pretty, pretty angry most of the time. Um, so there wasn't many breakthroughs I'd say. <clears throat> yeah. More so just a lot of emotion. Yeah. In middle school. And then in high school, I kind of realized, uh, like near the end of high school, uh, that I shouldn't be angry about any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... But more so, I had a very recent... Yes. uh, Over the summer, okay, so this time last year, I, I... somehow convinced myself that I, that I thought I didn't matter at all. Yes. And so I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't, I was so worried that people didn't like me. Now I, I talked about this in the last podcast, like how people can be so worried that about how people, uh, 
they're so worried that people don't like them that they don't even show who they are. Yeah. That that was me for months. I just I was so worried. Um, I didn't even want to show anybody who I was to anybody because I was worried that they would just reject me. I was so afraid of that rejection. And at the same time, I felt like I just didn't matter. Yeah. So I didn't, I was like, I'm not even gonna worry about it. Cause you know, yeah. I don't matter and I don't want people to reject me. I might as well just stay out the way. And over the summer when I went home, um, God kind of put me in this season of uh, silence and solitude. Cause I, I didn't really have much going on besides running and work. And that's all I was doing was running yeah. and work. And through those months of just doing that, like I wasn't going out with friends or family or really having much fun at all. I was just yeah. Yeah. on the grind, I guess. I realized that I, I do matter. You know, I, I realized yeah. there's nothing really wrong with me. And it was really cool. It was really cool to like finally realize that. Cause like, you know, usually stuff like that, it doesn't happen overnight, but it yeah. kind of happened like in one yeah. moment, I realized and it kind of, it was a major shift yeah. on one afternoon in June or something. Yeah. And it was, it's been cool to like grow from that moment to now. Yeah. And just <laughs> come out of my shell more. Yeah. So that's been, I mean, it's been years. obvious. I mean, the team has definitely been able to see it. Cause I mean, you definitely were quiet. Yeah, I was so quiet, and it um, wasn't it wasn't out of like really shyness per se. It was more so I just didn't want anybody to think I was annoying. Yeah, yeah. And I was just so insecure about that. But that's probably like, like I mean, you being home, you were so worried about what people were going to think of you, and then you didn't really have anyone to think of you when yeah. you were home. Like it, there was no one to be worried about, and then so you right. just kind of did your own thing. And then, yeah, I feel like once you once you figure out that you matter and that you do have a purpose, you know, um, in Christ, I think it's it's a lot easier to not think about how people think of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just think no, but that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, you had shared that with me. I guess a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, I would say, I would say for me in middle school, man, it's so weird. I don't even, I can't really remember middle school that well. Like, yeah. I don't even remember what was going through my mind in middle school. I, I always think about this. Like, you know how people are like, oh, I wish I was a kid again. Yeah. Nobody ever says I wish I was in middle school again. <laughs> That's like, so true. Like, middle school is such an odd time. That is so weird. It is so you got weird. puberty blood in you flowing and well because there's people yeah. in middle school who have beards and are practically <laughs> ready for the army and there's also people who look like they just came out the womb. <laughs> yeah. And so like <laughs> it's just I had a friend in middle school, his name was Angel Cabrero, and he was six four. What a name. In seventh grade. Six four in seventh grade? He was ginormous. Was he like about to go D one and basketball or something? He should have. He was the kicker for our high school football team. Wow. But no, yeah, I mean, I can't really remember what I was thinking in middle school. <clears throat> high school, I guess there was like a few breakthroughs here and there. I, I was very kind of set in my ways in high school. I really just trained. And I I mean, in high school, I definitely attached a lot of my value to performance and triathlons. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, a lot. Like, I didn't really 
and I attached a lot of it, but I also didn't really even enjoy it. Like I really enjoy what I do now in like triathlons and running and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in high school, I liked it, but I don't know that I enjoyed it. But I still attached, you know, the value to it. And so that was an odd thing to, you know, you know, feel because you know, there's obviously gonna be sacrifices when you commit yourself, you know, to a sport, whether it's socially or, right. or you know, whatever. And so to make some of those sacrifices because you feel like your value is attached to that, but you also don't even like it that much. It's just such a weird, it's like a love-hate relationship. Yeah, it's so weird. And so I was, I mean, there was a lot of back and forth in high school about that. Um, When I got into college, there was, I mean, there was, I mean, God did a lot of work on my heart um, when I got into college, just about really, really living for, for him in a very ambitious way, you know, taking that ambition from, for triathlons and running and stuff and like pointing it towards him. Cause I had never really done that in high school. I was a, I got saved in right before ninth grade. So I was a Christian, but I was just kind of, I was just kind of, you know, doing these things, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say going through the motions. I was kind of just going through the motions and doing these things. And when I got into college, I was like, Oh, you can, you can like run towards God yeah like not physically run like you can like like this pursuit towards being more Christ-like and and living in ambition for you know Christ like you could actually do that like that's a that's a thing um because yeah I mean yeah so that's that's I mean I guess I'm a junior now in college and most of that transformation happened when I was a sophomore um, just kind of being like, man, you don't, you don't have to take yourself so seriously. Just run towards God. Like yeah. that's, like that's really all it is. <laughs> and people, people, yeah. And I feel like there's a, there's a, when you're living in the motions, when you're a Christian living in the motions, it can almost seem boring in a way. And you're like, man, like, like sometimes people are like, I don't want to be restricted from Christianity. And I feel like that comes from living in this lukewarm place as a Christ follower. Because once you, I feel like once you start, once you have that mindset of like, okay, I'm going to, David Platt, he's a pastor. He calls it, uh, I think it's him. I don't know. Don't hold me to that. But reckless abandonment, like pursuing God in reckless abandonment. And I feel like once you start doing that, you you just you realize how. I mean, you're definitely important as a human, but you realize how like serious you take yourself sometimes. And so I think that was one of the biggest things is like, not taking myself so serious, but taking my pursuit towards Christ even more serious. Mm. You know, really like treating that like a sport. You know what I mean? Because that's all I know is sport. Right. I mean, that's all I've done. And so to kind of transition that, that, I'd say that's my biggest mental breakthrough in college. And that's really helped me let go of a lot of things. But in letting go of those things, it allows you to maybe be better at those things. And, you know, it just creates for a a, a better life. Not, Not a more comfortable life, but it definitely creates for a more fulfilling life. For sure, yeah. You ever heard of uh, AO1? 
AO1? Yeah, audience of one. No? It's like when you're about to perform, you just remember that the only part of the audience that matters is that audience one being Jesus. That's a good one. So I remember learning about that in high school. But yeah. Yeah, what you're talking about reminded me of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I have another serious thing, but yeah. I also don't want to like go too long. Caleb's got to go in like twenty minutes. Um, how long have we even been going? We've been going for thirty-three minutes. We're probably gonna have to cut like three minutes. So we're at like thirty minutes. I feel like there was something else I wanted to. Discuss silence. Yeah, discuss it. We can cover silence. I'm sorry. Oh, whatever. Have you seen? Oh, have you have you um heard about how we're like the most sober generation ever? I saw that one time. Yeah, because because back then, believe it or not, in like the 1800s and like around Prohibition, I guess like yeah, you know, before I guess after before Prohibition. Back in the early 1920s, people were drinking, like, it was on average, like, people were drinking two bottles of liquor a week. Really? On average. Which, is, I guess, I guess they're talking about, like, a fifth. So, that's, like, two-fifths a week of just liquor. Is that a lot? Yeah, it's, like, those those bottles, like, Oh, bottle. yeah. They're pretty open. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty, it's a lot of that's a lot of alcohol. Yeah, and like our university doesn't even do that, as far as I know. At least I know. Yeah, no, that's that is crazy. We're the most sober generation ever, which is so weird because I feel like when you're in high school, everyone drinks or has yeah. drink, or they do drugs or something. I almost it is so weird. I almost feel like when some people turn twenty one, they stop drinking. I, yeah, I, I can see that. Some people, like, I feel like for some, they get it out of the way. Like, they get it out of their system. It's pretty yeah, which is so weird. It's like, it's kind of funny. They get it out of their system illegally, which is, <laughs> yeah. it gets so long. No, I thought that was interesting. Like, in high, like that, that just proves that, like, as humans, we just want what we can't have. That's so true. Like, it's like, like drinking and driving. Yeah. <laughs> Dick. Like, <laughs> people, people love to drive while they're drunk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. No, but just like in high school, it just feels like everyone's like, you know, just wanting to get slammed. And it, it's like, yeah. it's like immediately right whenever, right when people turn 21 and they all of a sudden are legally able to, they're like, oh, I'm not a huge fan. And it's like, bro, you just, that's so odd. I mean, you can go to a liquor store without sweating now. And yeah, and they don't even want to. That just proves that. That just proves that you always want what you can't have. That and red lights. I always want to run on red light, but you just you're not allowed to do it, so you can't. But you you want to do it. Like, have you ever ran a red light? Yeah. Pretty. Okay, let me ask you this: Have you ever ran a red light like blatantly? Not. Not like, oh, it's turning yellow, boom, yeah. it's red, and then you run it. I'm talking like, 
Oh, dude, it was, it was pretty bad. I stopped and then I just went. <laughs> okay, I've done that before, but also I actually have a story that I just not thought about. This story has happened twice. I was with a friend and we were going out in like Chattanooga. So this is like we're downtown Chattanooga. This has been in the past like two years. Downtown Chattanooga, it's night. So it's like 9.30 or 10. Mm-hmm. Cars everywhere. We pull up to a red light in the middle of the city. <laughs> and so I have this thing where I'll, I don't look at my light. I look at the one to the side. Mm-hmm. And so when that one turns red, I know that mine is about to turn green. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes there's a turning signal somewhere. Mm-hmm. So like when the light beside you turns red, sometimes there's a turning signal that turns on. I was in the car with my friend, cars everywhere, 10 p.m., pitch black. <clears throat> well, I mean, the city's like lighting it up, but the light beside me turns red and I don't even look at the light in front of me. You and I go. Me. And my friend just about has a panic attack because <laughs> we drove straight through a red light in the middle of downtown Chattanooga traffic at night and he just starts freaking out. And I didn't realize it until we had already made it through safely without getting absolutely ran over by Did he call the cops on you? Did he call the cops yeah, on you? Like, <clears throat> I wouldn't, like, be, I wouldn't like, be surprised if he did. Dialed 911 on you? He was, now one of the friends was like kind of chill about it. He was like, what on earth? But one friend was like, I'm like right in the middle of the like intersection. Oh my gosh. It was hilarious. So I don't, I try not to do that anymore. I try not to pay attention to other lights other than my own. Yeah. Like sometimes I catch myself calling the police when I see someone jaywalk. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, you can't do that. Give the police their description and everything. <laughs> you need to go, um, what's the word? Uh, incarcerate this, this criminal. If, if jaywalking is a crime, is it a crime? Is it? Uh, I mean, technically, I yeah. breaking the law. It's like a misdemeanor or something. Or maybe that's not it. If you know. call the police about a jaywalker, they have to respond to that. Do they not? I think they do legally. Or that cop like, would be so. I would be so mad if I was a cop. Yeah, that'd be like the most uneventful day. Yeah. Ever. It's like you, they're like, all right, stay, stay put. We're on our way. And yeah. It's like, what do you look like? Where I have to go give Miss Sally, the 82-year-old woman, a ticket because she crossed the crosswalk because <laughs> she doesn't have her glasses on. <laughs> and then yeah. she's going to sue me for... That should have been J-Y. There's a college dude standing next to her chewing her out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you should know the law by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Are we going to live past 82? I've um, heard some people say they're going to live to 150. Part of my, uh, 150? That's like the world record. Yeah. But how, how much more time we have? We got like 14 more minutes. So you like, you're like a hard out at 915. Yeah, really I should leave by like 910. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I guess we got time for one last little sec. We're at 42 minutes. Should we end it and see how the audience likes 
Oh, because I do have another segment that's pretty cool, and I think it's, it could be applicable to college students. You want to do it real quick, or should we wait? Should, should we save for the next one, or do you want to do it right now? Um, oh, cool. Either, either or. I can hit it. I can hit it right, right now. Okay. So there's this concept that I've been on lately that I, I really enjoy. It's called the 24 hour you. Mm. Um, it's just a concept that I, I feel like, I feel like it could help college students, you know, just, just a little, just, you know, a little thing. <clears throat> so I'm going to read another email. Little tidbit. Little tidbit. Um, let's see here. Little tic-tac. All right. So I'm about to read this. The 24 hour you, one of the best questions to ask yourself when faced with a decision is what would you tomorrow want you today to do? This has been something I've relied on for years to help give me perspective and make better choices. It rips you out of the moment. It stops you from relying so heavily on the confused chemical signals coming from your body and instead gives you a bit of more distance. It depersonalizes this, 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 oh my gosh. It depersonalizes the decision and helps you treat yourself like a friend you're responsible for helping. It forces you to optimize for long-term thinking rather than immediate gratification. It reminds you that ultimately decisions aren't being made for you now. They're being made for you in 24 hours, 24 days, and 24 months. Our decisions are investments we make into our future. And the more ruminative and deep of a thinker you are, the more you need to make decisions for your future self, not yourself now. Optimizing to gratify your desires in the moment at the expense of the way you feel and the story you tell yourself about yourself in the future is rarely a good deal. You live with the story of your decisions for far longer than the impact of them. Choose wisely. We don't have a crystal ball to see the future. But this is about as close to a tool of, I can't even say that word, clairvoyance as I can think of. In fact, I can't think of a single decision that would, which would be worse if I actually did what I wished I would have done 24 hours later. So yeah, try to be kind to your 24-hour you. They're ultimately the ones who has to deal with your decisions that you make today. Um, <clears throat> let me go back to this. Okay. And here's a little, somewhere in the future, your older self is watching you through your memories. Whether it's re with regret or nostalgia, dep depends on what you do now. It's just an interesting thought. Yeah. No, that, that is pretty interesting. So you always hear about like, oh, live in the moment. Yeah, but that goes on about like how you know you should probably plan a little bit. Yeah, you should really put more thought into it. So I, I definitely catch myself being lazy about that. Yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah, just live right now. Well, and but, it's just a good concept to to kind of live by because some people live in the moment and some people live way far out in the future. Yeah. Like I catch myself doing that. I can I'll live you know five years out in the future, a year out in the future. All you need to do is live twenty four hours ahead. I guess I, sh I don't need that five-year plan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's good to have a five-year plan. Maybe, I mean, maybe not with crimes in it. But <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's just something interesting I read because you hear a lot about thinking into the future and living in the now. But all you have to do is just live a day ahead. That's just an interesting thought. I yeah. have never heard of that. All you have to do is make tomorrow you proud of today. Live, live in a way today that tomorrow you're like, oh, that was a good day. That's pretty fire. I never heard of that. That's, that's cool. Like, Actually, I never it, thought of it like that. It's kind of, it can, I feel like it can be nerve wracking to be like, 
oh, I got, you know, I got these five-year goals. I got it. I yeah. hope in five years I look back so and I did the right thing. It's much easier to be like, what am I going to do right now where I wake up in the morning tomorrow and feel good? Hmm. You know? And you probably get like more done in that, in that five, say five years. Like you plan five years of your life and you put down 10 things. If you just live 24 hours, like we were talking about, yeah. hey, you probably get a little more done. Yeah. Because you, I mean, if you live 24 hours ahead, you're kind of in the moment. Yeah. Like if there's, part, yeah. if there's decisions that, like let's say, let's say there's a, let's say there's a party you want to go to. And you're like, what would 24 hour me think? If 24 hour me was like, oh, that was a fun party. Then, then I guess go. Like it doesn't, it doesn't restrict you because you're right, still yeah. living in the moment. It's just, it's just what you get done in that day and how you think about yourself. You know what I, uh, I heard something about like how when you drink alcohol, you're buying, you're like borrowing tomorrow's happiness in that moment. Oh yeah. Cause like when you drink, you're like very giddy and happy and stuff. And then the next morning you're kind of like, yeah. Whoa. I've heard that. Like, where did you hear that at? I can't remember where, where I heard that, but I remember thinking like, that's so true. And that kind of goes into that. Like if you drink, like, I, I mean, we don't really drink, but like it kind of goes into like, in that metaphor, like if you borrow tomorrow's happiness by doing something yeah. you're gonna regret it the yeah. next day, then yeah, that, I you don't might know. as well just fill your fill your day with something yeah. better. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna be trying this. Just living on the 24 hour time horizon. I'm trying to. I yeah. mean, that's just because you can still live in the moment. Yeah, but it just really makes every day, you know, more impactful because you're like, because I like that quote. It was like, be careful with the decisions that you're gonna make because future you is gonna have to deal with them. Dude, yeah, that's like it's like that's, that puts it into perspective. Like, yeah, yeah, the consequences of your own. Because if if you believe that you change, if you Caleb changes a person throughout your life, then you could possibly be a different person next week, which is okay, as long as you're still core value Caleb. You could be another person next week. And so you're hurting another person if you do something stupid this week. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, like that new you that you have worked hard to create, you're just giving them like a terrible life if you choose to make stupid choices. Right, yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Just a, just a little thing. Do you have anything else on that? All right. Um, People say, I'm not addicted to anything, but then they say, five more minutes, please. <laughs> oh, oh! When they wake up, when they wake up, dude, you're addicted to sleep. That is so true. I didn't yeah. think about that. We should talk about that on the next episode. We should, yeah. Addiction. Sleep addiction. We do. Me and you got to do some research. Everybody talks about how they they want more sleep. Want five more minutes? Dude, just five more minutes. And like, it's like, oh, I only got six hours. It's like, oh, dude, I got eight. Like, you brag about it too. Yeah. Like, you brag about the amount of sleep you got because you're addicted. Okay, that's it. We're gonna have to do some research on sleep addiction. Yeah, I'm gonna look at and look into that. Well, everyone, uh, Caleb's got to go. Um, and we're kind of at the time limit. We're trying to give y'all a little bit of a shorter episode. Hope y'all like this. We were kind of we were kind of bouncing off different topics, but I hope that um, there was a little bit more, you know, I guess, substance or whatever. Structure. Sure. I don't, me and Caleb still don't claim to know anything. We still claim to be stupid, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I've never done podcasts before. This is my first ever Yeah, podcast. this is my first ever podcast, too. Who can blame us, really? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let, let us know what you think. Um, we don't, there's nowhere to like add a comment. So like, 
DM us on Instagram, I guess. We'll probably put something up on the story um, about this episode for feedback. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm rambling. We can do a TVH and rate on the story. You know what I'm talking about? A what? TVH and rate. I just remember seeing those all the time in middle school. Like you just, you you put on your story, TVH and rate, and then someone signs up like, oh, do me. And they're like, to be honest. And they tell oh. how they feel. And then they rate them. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, broke my scale. Or, you know, something like that. <laughs> That's what I was <laughs> All right. We're, we're done. Caleb, do you have anything special? Um, I don't think so. That's probably good. Okay. Cool. And it's real well. All right. Thank you everyone for watching and listening. Actually, you're not watching because we didn't have a video this. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, okay, you want to sign us off? Yep. All right. Let, make sure to like, subscribe, donate. <laughs> <laughs> Send us a check. Send us money. Copious amounts of money. I mean, I'll take any sort of payment. Um, PayPal? PayPal, yeah. Then send us. The main message I want to get out is send us money. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need money. <laughs> we, 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 need do, we do need money. We, we need don't money. want anyone to send we us We want money. people to send money, yes. Send us <laughs> money. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> like, we need, we need people to send us money. <laughs> we, need, we, need, we don't want to do any work. I just want people to send us money. <laughs>